Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today is episode... 99, uh, 99 straight uh, weeks. Uh, today we'll have uh, um, Tom Beller and Kevin uh, Pibus will not be joining us today. They'll be back for episode 100. Um, but we got Nate Darling coming in and guest hosting. So super excited about today. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while, wanting to have uh, a chef and a butt tender on the show. And today we get both. So um, I want to welcome... Uh, Derek Oldman, the uh, certified Gangier. There's only 150 on the globe, but he's also the corporate trainer over at Bloom City. Uh, Derek, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Awesome. And Chef Ella, she is the head chef and creator at Treetown Gummies, uh, also in Ann Arbor and uh, with the Bloom City family and Peregrine and uh, all our friends over there. And uh, she's got quite a uh, uh, culinary background we'll get into. So, uh, Chef Ella, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Got it. Got it. And like I said, uh, we got Nate Darling, the man behind the scenes. He's been on the show, as you guys know, as a guest. But now we're, uh, he's going to come and uh, um, thought it would be a good idea. Nate does a, a lot of uh, uh, butt tending and also some... Um, um, for up at local roots and has a good perspective uh, as a volunteer. So uh, Nate, you can you'll talk a little bit about that. But thanks for uh, hosting today. Absolutely happy to be here. All right, all right. So uh, I, I I mentioned before the show started, I, had a, I go way back with uh, Bloom City Club, uh, and you know uh, the story is is uh, I got out of federal prison in 2015. Might have still been on probation, uh, and uh, but anyways, I remember going to the. Uh, I'd come to Bloom City and um, go and do the. Uh, uh, I did uh, the Woman Grow was uh, was starting there in 2015 and 16, and I was the guest speaker one of the nights, and I always loved to come for all the food. Uh, it was always decked out. It was incredible. Um, but I've known known the group for a while, but oh man, I was there the first day I showed up. I was out, you know, I'm still a little. Little, uh, you know, nervous, uh, you know, especially on cops. But I'm in the dispensary. There's weed. It's 2015. You know, the MFL hasn't passed, and a and a cop comes flying up right up to the door. Lights blaring all over, and I'm just standing there, and I'm not supposed to be there. So uh, it ended up being something where somebody stole somebody down the street, but the cops had the place around it. So that I was running out the back door. I'll be honest with you, I was out of there. So, um, but but. <laughs> always got a lot of respect for uh you know for bloom city and uh being around for so long and and moving forward and being some of the original uh you know um you know legacy brands and people that have made it through um obviously ashley and patrick all over the place micaa they've been founding members and um seaman vegas back in 18 running into each other just just always always running into each other um okay (laughs) Um, but, um, you know, what we, you know, the background today and, uh, you know, I could talk about it, but I, I wanted to have, uh, 
uh, Derek, and I'll give uh, their backgrounds, both very fascinating, how they grew up, where they grew up, where they're from, and how they got into cannabis and what, what they're doing, and then we can get into more questions. So, um, Ella, why don't you uh, lead us off? Sure. Um, so, my name is Ella, everybody. Um, I am a chef and creator here at Treetown. I uh, originally came, I was born in uh, Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and came out to uh, Ann Arbor when I was around nine. Um, I uh, was raised and I grew up and was raised in Ann Arbor uh, elementary school all the way through high school and then ended up at Washtenaw um, during pastries because I was really into food and culinary and that was just where I wanted where I wanted to end up um smoked weed for the first time when I was 16 and didn't stop since then <laughs> and uh ended up going to Chicago for culinary school uh came back and uh worked at Zingerman's which is kind of like a legacy name in Ann Arbor if you're from around Michigan you definitely know uh, the Zingerman's name, um, worked in their bakery, learned a whole, whole lot, uh, busted my butt working there. And then one day I heard about this really cool gig, um, from a friend that knew a friend that knew a friend that worked at Bloom and I ended up calling them and I was like, I'm really interested in working, uh, in your kitchen. And a couple, a year later or so, Treetown was born. Um, we first came out with our brownie, which was our flagship for a while. And then we really got into the crispy game and then we developed our gummies, which was a lot of work and a lot of development. You know, we definitely, we take a lot of pride in our gummies. We're one of a few that make them from scratch. Um, they're consistent, they're tasty. Mm. Um, and then now we have Sugar Bush that just launched, and we're really proud of that one too. We're really excited for everybody in the state to to try that one. That's awesome. And sugar, uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit after we uh, introduce Derek. But uh, Sugar Bush and Great Lakes Expungement Network, uh, you know, is teaming up and doing some great stuff. So we appreciate mm -hmm. that, uh, Derek. Tell me, uh, tell me about yourself, and or tell us, and and um, I can't wait to hear about this uh, this uh, prestigious title of Ganjir. Um, tell, um, give us your background, and then uh, please tell us how that happens, what what goes into it, and uh, you know, then your role as the corporate trainer as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so I've been with Bloom for about three years. I've uh, been in Ann Arbor for about the same time. Uh, I'm originally from Oregon. Um, my fiance, she's originally from Battle Creek, so she's the one that, that brought me out to Michigan. Uh, she's currently a field sampling technician at PSI, so we're both well integrated with the, the weed scene here in Michigan. They've welcomed us with open arms. Uh, originally um, from Oregon, um, I studied tourism and outdoor leadership in college. Uh, I was a professional river guide, uh, take people down the river and have a blast facilitating adventurous situations. Um, around October would be the end of the season. It'd be too cold to boat. And that's when the harvest season started. Croptober came in. Uh, so I would go to Southern Oregon and help harvest. 
I uh, was really fortunate. I got to work with two master cultivators. Uh, they're both in their 70s and they each had 40 years of ganja growing experience under their belt, uh, both in Hawaii and Virginia. Um, take that money and go travel the world. And uh, so my fiance and I, we would boat, trim and travel and then come back around the world and start over and rinse and repeat. So not only did we to learn from master cultivators, we also got to experience cannabis culture in a lot of different countries around the world, in Vietnam, Thailand, India, uh, Guatemala. Um, so taking those experiences and being able to bring that to the Midwest and be able to work with bud tenders, then real dream come true. Um, when I was in Guatemala, I found this book called The Wine Bible and it's all about wine. I thought wine was really fascinating because it had an ancient history, it was thousands of years old, and it's one of those Epicurean intoxicants that had a lot of elegance, but also silliness. Uh, I was like, oh, this would be really cool to apply this knowledge of how to smell and how to taste to cannabis. And there wasn't any such thing as a cannabis sommelier, so I was thinking maybe I could be a wine sommelier and take that knowledge of how to smell and how to taste and apply it to ganja. And thankfully I had some friends that just told me, no, just, just stick with weed, just keep learning and that opportunity will come. And then moved to Ann Arbor and got to work as a bud tender from the medical era all the way into the adult use transition. And then just a couple months after we went adult use, COVID started and being a bud tender through COVID was an incredibly adventurous uh, situation. Uh, but it was really powerful to be there for the people and provide safe medicine when mental and physical illness was at its rise. Um, it was actually another bud tender who followed Frenchy Cannoli, the master hashishin. Um, uh, he learned about this Gangier program as a master of cannabis service. And immediately I, I knew like this, this is what I've been waiting for. Um, it was the first year that it ever existed. So it was a completely new program. So researching it and had to apply for entry. Um, there was about a few thousand entries from 20 different countries and they only had 156 available spots for the first year because of COVID. Uh, poured my heart and soul into this application and was fortunate enough to be accepted into the, the first year program. Uh, it's incredibly humbling and exciting. Um, started with hours and hours of online learning and extracurricular readings. And then I had to fly out to Humble uh, for a live in-person training. Uh, just like a, a wine sommelier program, it's like going to France, going to Bordeaux and seeing the greatest vineyards possible, going to Humble, going to the Emerald Triangle, to the source and uh, seeing those those legacy farms and uh, getting back to the root, seeing some of the best ganja on the planet. And uh, I had to take all those learnings and solidify it, own it, and then fly back. I uh, flew back at the end of October last year for my in-person exam, where they challenged me with, a, it's kind of a service exam, where it's like a live action role play as a butt tender. And then we had a hundred question knowledge exam ranging from history, cultivation, botany, endocannabinoid system, terpenes, uh, different modes and methods of consumption, processing methodologies, uh, pretty much the entire 
damn it. Um, then we broke for lunch, came back, and that was then the uh, systematic assessment protocol exam where I was challenged to grade flower to the skill set and the same level as the council. Uh, so I was given a blind jar of cannabis. So I had to take this nug out and grade the appearance, the aroma, the flavor, and the experience within the degree that the council deemed an appropriate score. Uh, that was one of the wildest joints that I ever smoked. I've never had to smoke a joint with my my job, my future, depending on it. So it's a pretty wild <laughs> setting. But all in all, it was uh, incredibly humbling. Um, thankfully, to be a part of the, the program and now bringing all of that knowledge back to the Midwest and transitioning and distilling all of that knowledge into the bud tenders and creating some of the most stoked and dedicated and passionate bud tenders in in the country uh, that that is cool that sounds like a interesting um uh, you, you made me think of almost super troopers when you're being like you have to smoke this joint and your your job depends on it. i saw a, a third movie coming out for the, you know but that's uh that's fascinating and you know i i gotta be honest with you i didn't know that was out there and i recognize obviously the names that you said and uh you know, uh, you know, to think that, uh, you know, I guess, uh, what is the, what's the, the, do you know the success rate? Like how many people passed and entered? Did they, did they release that? Uh, I don't have any specific stats, but I know not everyone has, has passed the exams that have taken it. Okay. Fascinating. Um, but cool. Yeah. There's still about 150 that have been that have completed the program in the world. Uh, but we have, there are ganges in Israel, uh, Canada, Mexico, uh, I believe uh, the UK as well, and a few other countries. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let's let's get jump back uh, to uh, Tree Town and Sugarbush, Chef uh, um, uh, Tell me about uh, you know Sugarbush, but when you said. Um, you mentioned that you know you're one of the only uh, brands out there in kitchens that does it all from scratch. You know what what uh, what challenges does that lead for you? Um, you know and what advantages I guess obviously too. But interested in that and then um, you know the, the the creation of Sugarbush and then if you want to talk about uh, the Glen partnership or I will that's uh, that's fine. That's up to you. <laughs> for sure. Um, so uh, yes, we're we're definitely not the only one that makes every you know, everything from scratch, particularly our gummies, but we're definitely one of a few. Um, obviously, definitely one of the benefits and advantages, you know, it's bragging rights. <laughs> and um, people really like to respect that. You take the extra step and, that, and you go that extra mile of care to make everything from scratch, um, or I would hope they do. Uh, and also, one of the challenges for sure, you know, it, it means that our training and the skill set that we require from our team members that are producing these gummies be a little more than just um, beginner or intermediate. Like we really want, we take a lot of pride in our training. We like everybody to be really well-rounded and uh, to make sure that everybody's consistently doing the same thing um, because the process um, to get to a consistent product at the final stage, the whole process has to be consistent. Um, and we definitely try to uh, 
um, to keep a close eye in on that. And Sugarbush has been on the works, you know, for a long time, for at least a couple years. Um, I took some, uh, I went to some uh, confectionery courses. Um, I'm really grateful the company sent me to those. And uh, when I went, you know, we learned many different variety of confections. And vegan was probably one of the most terrifying ones to me. Um, you know, there's definitely... Uh, some positives and some negatives to making vegan gummies um and it's it messes with your emotions a lot there's good things and bad things for sure i love them so much they taste so good but um you know we've been working on perfecting it for a long time and it's the recipe and it's the training and making sure we have all of the right equipment making sure that you know we're getting it in the hands of people and getting as much feedback as we can in order to make the best product that we think is out there. Um, and, you know, our partnership with Glenn is really exciting. Um, I'm happy to explain, Ryan, but I'm sure you have many more um, facts. <laughs> well, no, just really excited, you know, a, a dollar from every, um, Every package of gummies sold is going to great, the Great Lakes Expungement Network, and this is a big deal. Um, you know, we put our, our Glen, uh, you know, seal on on the package. We're going to be doing that so people know. But what that means is, is you know, for us, um, we've expunged 500 um, marijuana records so far in a year's time, and um, that's uh, and, and it costs us anywhere from $500 to sometimes more uh, to do that. It's all donated, 100% paid for by um, fundraisers, by cannabis companies, by um, by people that in the cannabis industry giving back for social equity. And then we have attorneys that are doing it at a, a very discounted rate. So, um, you know, we're able to expunge a lot, but it's all really, in reality, it comes down to funding. And, you know, this was a big deal for us. We were super excited about it. And um, you know, like just hearing more about uh, your background and, and the company, I'm even even more excited about it because, you know, I remember we, we grew up in Michigan with the date, I mean, like like all over, you know, just the, the old gummies that are just the old melted down and re, uh, reformed and uh, everything tastes the same. Uh, depends on how what concentrate you put. And in there's it, a so. time and place for those, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. But I love the, the real ones, the vegan ones that kind of almost melt in your mouth and, you know, just yeah. that real, that real taste. So very cool. We're, we're very thankful at Glenn um, and, you know, the Redemption Foundation uh, uh, for your guys' support and partnership. So, yeah, um, we're really excited to be teaming up with you guys for this. This is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, though, that's just the beginning and, you know, you'll be able to see just all the work we do. And then even, you know, like just every time someone it gets in a, a record expunged, it's, you know, it's, it's life changing for them. So. And a hundred percent of that revenue goes to Glenn uh, to expunge records. There's no overhead with that foundation. Any anything that's paid out for employees or work is done by my foundation. So people know, like 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 you you guys in um, uh, you know Tree Town and Sugarbush and Bloom City know that when you do that, a hundred percent of that dollar goes to expunging records. So we're really proud of that too. Um, um, awesome. Uh, I wanted to talk about another promo that we're doing this time uh, with Redemption Cannabis um, over with uh, Bloom City Clubs, all three. 
and we're in the moon uh, the moon phase promotion. So, Derek, do you want to talk about that? Uh, uh, kind of give the background, the idea behind it. I know you've had uh, success with any brand that, that participates, uh, you know, and uh, tell me the response and the idea behind it. Yeah, it was kind of based off of the, the full moon parties that happen globally in the Virgin Islands and Thailand and Costa Rica. Um, being a women-centric brand and the moon cycles and having this kind of fun mystical vibe to it and celebrating a full moon. And so we're uh, having these celebration parties. A lot of times they happen at night while the full moon's out. We're not going to be open while the full moon is out, but we're going to be kind of setting up the pre-party. So we've got food and music and promotions going on. Uh, bringing everybody in to, to gear up for their own personal full moon parties at night. Um, along with that, uh, yeah, for each store, uh, first 100 uh, patients or guests that come in and spend over $100 will get this backpack that's full of promotional gear. Um, each month on the full moon, we're highlighting different brands. Uh, so we're excited to have Redemption in this in this next lineup. Uh, that Mafia Funeral is a great cultivar. Really love Compound Genetics, so I'm excited to get that yeah, out to the awesome. people. Awesome, yeah, that's the old menthol cross. And uh, um, I know we're giving away a gram of uh, live resin Mafia Funeral crystals and sauce and an eighth of it, so people get the chance to see both sides of it. That and uh, I believe some uh, a package of Sugar Bush gummies are going to be in it so um and uh, there's going to be some redemption swag and in, in, in some of the bags too so uh excited that you guys uh you know asked us and we, that we got to do it so very cool well i have a question for kind of an open-ended question for both of you that i think you could probably answer uh independently and differently is a lot of times for if i put myself as the new consumer perspective and that's a lot of times why um, I did want to actually get some butt tending experience. You know, being a marketing director, I always wanted to have the mentality of like, where does this actually end up? Like, where do these messages, do they trickle down? Are people understanding it? So a lot of times when I think about new consumers coming into a provisioning center, um, they're immediately overwhelmed with like 10,000 brands, right? And there's all these different options, all these different things. And a lot of times, especially like in the gummy space or, you know, especially if like there's a flower deli style place, it's overwhelming at first in general. And I, I guess my question to you is, do you think um, having brands that have additional uh, causes behind them, aside from just THC percentage and price, do you think that has a large impact on those new consumers' uh, purchase decisions? New, I guess, any consumers' purchase decisions. Are you are people kind of uh, looking for that extra thing in the process, or is it purely just a economics game of what can I get the most for the least kind of thing? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Like the Glenn partnership or some of the other things as well. Um, I think being, uh, um, you know, in the past couple of years, I've definitely been involved more in like the marketing aspect of Treetown and all that. So it's definitely, and we always try to, uh, um, to really target the audience, right? Like what is the cannabis audience? Does anybody even really know? Just because it's so broad, right? Like there's so many different People are looking for the cheaper option. People are looking for the more sophisticated one. They're looking for the ratios. They're looking for the THC or the full spectrums. Like it's so hard 
to just aim and just look at one specific need. I feel like there it's it's just it's so broad. You know, there's so many different people looking for so many different things. Derek, what are your thoughts on that overall? You know, especially people are looking at choosing between different brands. Is, is it purely just optimizing down and can I get the most for the least? Or do you think there's a real drive that once people understand certain brands are willing to do more to get back to the community and show those results, do you think that has an impact on the new consumers? I do. Yeah, as much as, yeah, the, the getting the most for the least is absolutely a uh, pillar part of the, the industry. Um, THC, that unfortunately has become the metric for quality. So a lot of people are trying to get the most THC for the smallest dollar. Uh, but we're tourism as well. We have people coming all the way from Mississippi and Arkansas. Uh, if you live in the northeastern sector of Arkansas, it's just a little bit shorter drive than to Colorado. So they're coming all the way up here and they're looking for that experience. And it can be really underwhelming when you're met with an iPad and you're just flicking through just like you're shopping online. Uh, so here at our shops, we do deli style. So you get to see the buds and watch us weigh it out. And along with that, we have stories to tell. And people love the stories when there's a mission behind it. Who grew it? Why did they grow it? Why did they grow it this way? Uh, who are they growing it for? And those stories are part of the experience and that's something that people are looking for. And that, that translates into the smoke. When you feel good about why you bought it and who you're supporting and that cause, that goes into the feeling and the high. That's a great, that's a great answer. I guess a quick follow-up, Derek, would be a lot of times, and I know I've been guilty of this, is that when we meet someone and it's a busy day, we want to tell them everything in the world about cannabis, all these terpenes, all these different things. We want to tell the whole story. The reality is sometimes you only have 15 to 30 seconds to be able to talk to someone. And one thing I've noticed um, is I kind of, I, I, I hate the oversimplification of cannabis. Like this is an indica, this is a sativa, this is a hybrid, when that doesn't tell the full story. But at the same time, I see a lot of bud tenders be in this like, I don't want to say panicked state, but like, I gotta just move people through. Like, what do you want? You want your sativa indica? So it's like this like tug of war where like, those of us that understand, understand that like this isn't an, this is a way oversimplification of what's actually going on, but that we're also met with um, the desire for the, the customer, especially a new customer to understand it in a way that makes sense for them. How do you, I guess, how do both of you balance that when you're in an education, um, like mode and education state with individuals? Yeah, it can definitely feel like a, a run and gun game of 4D chess, trying to get someone what they need. Um, it's unfortunate when when bun tenders just throw an eighth at you and screen dragon they just tell you good luck it's it's x amount of dollars this is the cheapest weed i can get you here you go see you next time um and then yeah we have these other other characterizations the indica hybrid sativa which really doesn't get down to the genuine translation to experience uh, whether it's mentally uplifting, balancing or calming and physically uplifting, balancing or calming. Like they see cherry pies and indica, but it's crossed with Durban. And if I smoke that before bed, my brain's gonna be racing. I don't have enough sheep to count, even though my body feels relaxed. And that's a lot of times what people are looking for. Um, so one of my best tips and tricks, one of my first questions, hey, you trying to tune in or tune out? 
what are you looking for today? Are you trying to dive into a project or exit reality after your work day? <laughs> uh, and that can really help split the menu in half. Um, most people are generally looking for that more mental euphoria, something more ethereal and uplifting and social, that, that quintessential sativa. Uh, they want it to be pure sativa, but trying to translate that unless you're willing to go to Panama and find Panama Red or Acapulco Gold or Thai Stick, um, everything is hybrid. Everything's a polyhybrid. It's hybrids of hybrids. And so most everything is, is structured for functional relief to begin with. Uh, there really is no wrong choice. Um, we're really fortunate that we have the opportunity to smell all of the cultivars available and being able to follow your nose. You can tell the patients and guests, forget about the numbers, forget about the names. We can talk about price and get you in there, but follow your nose. And generally what smells good to you is really gonna translate to a better experience for you and your bio-individuality. Uh, I love GMO. I love the funky, musky, dank, thick smoke. But some people, they tell me it smells like a gym bag and they want nothing to do with it, which is perfect. They don't like it, more for me, we slide it over and go to the next one. And allowing them to make the final decision. We're, we're leaders in the industry, but in the shop, we're the guides. It's the guests and the patient that make the final decision on what they want and making sure that they're comfortable and we give them the tools, whether that's the, the knowledge or the physical equipment necessary to enjoy that experience appropriately. That's that's awesome. Uh, we do have a, a good cut of GMO Crasher. That's what it's about to be in our in our bags. But then also we got the GMO Root Beer. Uh, should be the first to the state with that. So it's got GMO, and then it finishes with some Root Beer Terps. I'm not kidding. I smoked. I had some a couple ounce sample bags, and that might have might have smoked them all. Nothing else until that. So excited about that. But um, you you guys are both making me want to come come shop and and buy, buy, buy cannabis from uh, Bloom City. Um, so that's good. And that kind of brings me to my, my next thing, which um, one of the things I really love, um, when I got back, I uh, uh, was one of the first caregivers in 09 and got heavily involved in, uh, in 10. And, and we did a lot, of, um, a lot of rallies, a lot of protests. And, and back then it was just a bunch of crazy fools willing to like put their lives on the line and do this. And then there was maybe about 30 of us that were somewhat sane and we all drew, drew each other together. And uh, um, I remember going to prison, coming out and it was just like all these new people. And now we have um, all these new people to see, you know, and Nate's, Nate's there too, but um, you guys uh, are obviously quite a bit younger than me. And to see the talent level that is now in cannabis in Michigan um, and the country, but I'm talking Michigan is, is just so great to see because we do have a lot of a lot of work still to do. And, you know, there's people that are highly trained, you know, highly intelligent the people, um, you know, um, uh, that did great in school. Uh, they're they're choosing cannabis. So that long witted um, beginning is uh, my question is uh, for both of you is what's what's your advice for for you know, new people or even young professionals um, in cannabis, you know, like how to succeed, um, and uh, what what would you what would you say to them um, you know, if they were getting into it or they're in it? And I don't mean to steal your thunder, Nate, but that was a good question. <laughs> um, I would say uh, you know, uh, 
there's a lot of trial and error. Uh, there's definitely, especially, I mean, from where, what I do, you know, running a kitchen, a, a packaging department, you know, a whole team and all that. And there's definitely, there's uh, losses and wins, you know, the wins are really great, um, but there's definitely a lot of heartbreak. But, um, you know, definitely be willing to look out of the box. Um, invest in your employees, of course. Obviously, your team is everything. Um, and, yeah, listen to uh, um, to what people that have been in the industry are willing to say as much as they're willing to tell you. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Derek. <laughs> yeah, I mean... The cannabis industry is beautiful that just about anyone that wants to be a part of it can be. Uh, if you want to work in cultivation, you can. If you want to work in sales, you can. If you want to work in production or R&D or technology or building an app or NFTs for Web3, you can really bring anything you want into the game and being willing to just put yourself out there and you don't generally have to start as an unpaid intern. People are willing to pay you if you're willing to put yourself out there. And it's amazing how open sourced and friendly so many individuals are in this industry. Most people want others to succeed. And so if you're willing to ask for help, there's someone that will find you. And that beautiful laws of attraction. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we are definitely like, so lucky and so blessed to be able to live at a time where cannabis is such a has such an open door for us to have careers <laughs> yeah. you know in futures i'm really grateful for that absolutely i uh first of all i really appreciate you guys both being on today this is kind of been a really fun different episode to have two different perspectives on as well so i appreciate everybody being able to make it um definitely have learned a lot from everybody and i hope to stay in touch with you both kind of on that note um a small side project that i've been working on is a lot of times i see there's a lot of opportunities for the brand owners and the c-suite level individuals to go to the conferences the the events and stuff but a lot of times i haven't noticed there's always as much of a space for like those that are at the bud tender level who truly are trying to make this a whole career for themselves they're starting there but this is you see many I firmly believe the cannabis industry hires from within as much as possible because it's hard to hire outside of, you know, it's hard to just like inception cannabis knowledge into someone's mind who hasn't lived it for, you know, their life and stuff. Um, one thing I've been working on is I actually created a Facebook group called the Mid-Michigan Cannabis Young Professionals Group. You don't have to be in Mid-Michigan, you don't technically have to be a young professional, but for anybody out there, that's the logo there, um, for anybody out there that would like to kind of have maybe a centralized location to just talk with other young professionals that are trying to grow and expand in the industry, uh, go ahead and look it up. It's kind of a cool opportunity, a really young professional focus. Um, and my hope is to be able to potentially offer like a monthly happy hour or smoke sash or something like that i'm just providing a space for those at the bud tender um level and up to really feel like they have a home and can grow in the industry so just a bit of a shameless plug there right at the end but thank yeah. you so much for you guys both being on yeah that would be uh, a couple good guests for your your monthly uh the monthly uh meeting um um i appreciate that nate um uh we got started a little late and um 
know we could talk talk for uh, for hours on this stuff, but just wanted to give a chance for Derek and Ella to say uh, say goodbye and any final words of wisdom. So uh, Derek, go uh, go for it. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. Um, yeah, I love the the sound of this project for the young professionals, uh, for any young professional out there. Smoke everything that you can get your hands on and read everything you can get your hands on. Uh, thankfully, there's there's a lot of forbidden knowledge that's finally accessible. Uh, so dive in and keep learning, keep reading, keep smoking. Awesome. Uh, great advice. Uh, I'll take that up right after the show. Um, uh, <laughs> Ella, um, why don't, why don't uh, you let us know as well, uh, how do we find your products uh, for all the retailers out there um, that are listening? Uh, yeah, um, for sure. You know, let, let us know that and uh, please. So um, we are in various uh, dispensaries throughout the state. The best place to look for uh, where we're, we're, where you can find our things are on Weed Maps. Um, uh, and yeah, I really hope you guys like our products. Um, we're so happy to be working with you guys at Glen Redemption, um, the whole team, and hopefully we can do this again in the future. It's a good time. We will. We will we'll have to uh, do a follow up. Um, see, you know, in a year from now, maybe there'll be 500 Gangiers, and we've sold, you know, 100,000 Tree Town gummies. So right, totally. That'd be that'd be that'd be, that'd be awesome. I know uh, this is a, it's been uh, it's been a great show. Appreciate Nate for uh, for being on as well. And uh, you know, like like kind of what really uh, struck me about uh, today is just uh, so exciting seeing all the the young talent in the industry. And uh, you know, like what what's it going to look like in 10, 20 years from now? Um, it's it's fascinating. So I appreciate everything uh, that we do with Bloom City Club and uh, and uh, of course uh, Tree Town and Sugarbush as well and um glad we're glad we're working together and thanks for being on and uh for everybody listening next week's uh episode 100 we're gonna relive a few things and uh talk about the state of cannabis in michigan so with that goodbye see everyone next week the smoke and rope podcast is produced and hosted by me ryan basor the owner of redemption cannabis have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncana.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.